Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. If you are a law enforcement officer, you pull someone over and they start pulling away with you, with another officer being dragged, I'm sorry, you should be able to shoot. That's my take. I am very surprised today to see Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty charging a Minnesota state trooper with three counts, including murder, for the deadly shooting of Ricky Cobb after a traffic stop. That's my gut reaction. We welcome yours at 651-461-9226. But I wanted to start at the beginning of the show today with insight from a reporter who's been covering this since it happened last summer and who has broken down the video that we have of what happened here in a way that I think might help all of us be a little smarter about this, as this is for sure going to be something we'll be watching, we'll be talking about. And Lou Raguse from CARE 11 joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline to help us make sense of all of this. Lou, thanks for spending a little time on a busy day with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. So uh, break down what these charges are, because the headlines say murder, but the charge itself isn't uh, exactly the murder charge that most people think of. Right. And in fact, it's the same charge that Derek Chauvin was uh, convicted of, which is second degree murder, unintentional murder while uh, committing a felony. And the felony is assault. So they're basically saying that he assaulted uh, Ricky Cobb and would know that by assaulting him, it would lead to his murder. That's essentially what it means in layman's terms. And then second degree manslaughter was the other the other charge. Right. And those are, you know, it's just common to 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 have lesser charges that are essentially, you know, kind of included. You know, if he's convicted of the second degree murder, that's what he'll be sentenced for. Um, But there's a chance, you know, that he would be found not guilty of the second degree murder, but then guilty of the manslaughter. So, Lou, when uh, the county attorney, Mary Moriarty, who spent, you know, several months uh, investigating uh, interviewing. This was a long decision process here. What 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 is the case that uh, she is making as to why this was an unlawful uh, shooting and killing by the state trooper here? Well, the standard that that they have to go on if a shooting is justified is that if an objectively reasonable officer in the same position would would make the same decision. And uh, so so that what that means is you can't use the benefit of, of hindsight uh, to make it, it, it. You have to essentially put yourself in the shoes of an objectively reasonable officer with the training that they've had. Would another person make that same decision? And so what they've landed on is that based on the training that they receive when it comes to whether or not to shoot into a moving vehicle, um, they've come to the decision that they do not think it was reasonable. Lou Raguse from CARE 11 is with us covering uh, the decision today of a, a state trooper, Ryan Londrigan, who is charged with uh, second-degree unintentional murder, first-degree assault, second-degree manslaughter. This is that shooting of Ricky Cobb, who 
uh, was 33, pulled over in North Minneapolis. This was about 2 a.m. He was pulled over, uh, Lou, for something that is an example of what a lot of our municipalities have been struggling with. You know, do you pull over somebody for driving without taillights? And that's right. he wasn't pulled over because they knew that uh, there was a hold order on him, right? He was just pulled over because of the Correct. taillights? He was pulled over for the taillights, but before they, you know, went up to his car to to uh, handle the the warning or whatever they would give at that point, yeah. uh, they did learn that there was a it, he had violated an order of protection that was against him from a woman, and so they were told to arrest him basically from the uh, from Ramsey County. They, they they didn't want Ramsey County did not want them to just let him go. They wanted him arrested. So then it, it came down to those two troopers. Uh, Brett Seide is the one that goes to the driver's door, and Ryan Longdegren is the one that went to the passenger door. They were essentially going to take him into custody at that point, and that's where you know things started to go south on the traffic stop because uh, Cobb refused to get out of the car. So, Lou, often in these cases, I know we look at them and you think, okay, you can see where there might be you know, a better way of handling this there might have been a different way where things wouldn't have ended up where they ended up but that's not really the criminal issue the criminal issue is when ricky cobb started you know stepped on the gas to to try to pull away uh were the officers justified and you in august i thought did something that is very useful and will be useful to our listeners you took the video and really scrutinized it to try to break down a bit of a timeline of what happened in there. So what what really did happen inside that vehicle, at least as far as you can ascertain from the video? Right. And part of the reason it was confusing at first is because it's hard to hear the gunshots on the video. But when I put headphones on, I could tell where the shots were. And so that's kind of the basis that I went on to, to help create those little videos. Um, but essentially what happens is uh, the the driver's side, trooper starts to notice Cobb's hand get closer to the gear shift as he was, you know, asking him to get out of the car. And at that point he started reaching in to stop his hand from going to the gear shift. And, you know, it all happens very fast, but the car goes into drive and then it lurches forward a little bit. And that's when Londrigan pulls out his gun and as it's moving fires and kills Ricky Cobb, uh, the car continues to move at that point, dragging both of them uh, a short distance before they both roll onto the ground. And so you know that the county attorney, Mary Moriarty, uh, in her charging document, tries to sort of get out in front of what I think is, you know, to a lot of us, when you look at this, you say, all right, if you've got troopers in your car, like half in, half out, and you step on the gas, uh, it is reasonable to expect that the troopers are going to are either going to try to bail out of the vehicle or and or shoot because pulling away on the side of the highway uh, with somebody hanging out of the vehicle is, I think most of us on the surface would say, well, that's a that for sure is a threat a deadly threat, a potentially deadly threat, which I think is enough under the law, right? Exactly. And, and so what they're doing is they're not disputing whether or not he was hanging out of the, out of the vehicle. If you remember the Kim Potter trial, yeah. it, was, it was part of the defense that, 
you know, she didn't mean to shoot Dante right, but if she had, it would have been justified because her partner was hanging out of the car. But then the prosecution was able to rewind the video and show actually the partner, he was not actually was in not. the car. So, right, right. Yeah. But in this case, it, you know, I think, I think the video clearly shows that the, the trooper on the driver's side is in the car. So what the prosecution, uh, Mary Moriarty and her team, are, are saying is that it doesn't matter because they were trained that shooting into a car does not stop the driver from driving. And that's kind of the crux of the case for them, according to what they allege in the criminal complaint. So the, the fascinating legal argument here and I'm sure it's less fascinating for this trooper, right, who now is accused of all of mm-hmm. these felonies. But uh, from my perspective, the fascinating legal case here is saying, OK, now now we're saying that because your training would indicate that firing is not going to stop. It's not going to prevent the threat. Right. Correct. So That's exactly what they're saying. So they're saying if you fire, the person's foot is still on the gas. So you haven't averted mm-hmm. the threat, so you can't shoot. Exactly. And, and during her press conference, she used an example that in their training, they're showing a video where uh, somebody's shot in the head and they, they slam on the gas and, you know, accelerate very quickly away. So her, her point is that uh, these very troopers were specifically trained that you're not going to stop a driver from driving away by shooting them. And in fact, that it might cause the, the opposite, it might cause him to drive away faster. Right, because and so yeah, the, the defense is, mm. is obviously going to going to say, you know, that this was a split second decision, and you know that he did what he thought would stop him. So it it it, it you're right that it is fascinating from a legal perspective because you can kind of see the trial playing out already. Yeah, Lou Raguse from Care Eleven with us. It is it it is something where you think uh, how quickly the uh, how quickly things have changed, right? I mean, in our career covering covering these types of stories, you definitely see a major shift where 10 years ago, I think it's unheard of that someone would have been charged in this scenario where you would say, well, like, you know, there were other options available, but certainly if you look at your partner who's hanging out of a vehicle and you're along the side of the highway, you're allowed to take action. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody would agree that 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have been charged. Uh, yeah. One other, you know, pretty interesting thing that that I want to bring up is that when uh, when Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moretti released a statement back in September when they began reviewing the case, a lot of emphasis was put on a use of force expert. But then she clarified during the press conference today that they didn't use or didn't rely on a use of force expert for their decision. So it, it just, you know, there's some unanswered questions. It makes me wonder how that's going to play out because these cases usually rely on a use of force expert to say that that was not justified or was justified. But in this case, the prosecution did not use one. Interesting. Either so, that or they didn't get the, the answer that they wanted from the one that they used so that they're not using him in the charges. And the charges. We'll just have to see how that plays out. There was late, later this afternoon a little bit of a sort of legal dispute about process and the way this all came about that was raised from the trooper's attorney. Can you sort of bottom line that uh, dispute for yeah. us? Yeah. So the, the trooper's attorney is saying that the prosecutors misused a grand jury and what they were what they were uh there, there was a grand jury used in December, which I have confirmed with sources prior to this, that uh, certain witnesses were brought in with a subpoena and forced to testify under oath. 
But prosecutors can use a grand jury either to try to charge somebody or to try to investigate further. You know, when somebody doesn't want to cooperate, you can compel testimony by Mm. subpoenaing them to a a grand jury. And that's what they did in this case uh, to get some of the trainers, Moriarty said today, that weren't initially cooperating. But I'm the way I understand it is they did not ask the grand jury to give an to indict him. So I don't I think that's going to end up being a moot point. But it's something that got brought up today. Very, very interesting. Uh, obviously tragic for Ricky Cobb's uh, family, as you know, they have been seeking charges all this time. And now today, uh, another family, Ryan Londergren, and uh, something Mary Moriarty acknowledged in her announcement today, uh, that this is a tough day all around. Lou Ragoose, we appreciate your insight. You'll be on TV with this at 4, 5, 6, and 10. All right. We'll be watching Care 11, Lou Ragoose. Right. Thank Thanks you. Appreciate it. That's Lou. Gives you some insight, gives you some stuff to chew on. What do you think? Do you agree that from what you've heard, this trooper should be charged, or are you still left like me, wondering who would want to be an officer in this scenario? Some of the texts coming in saying that. 651-461-9226. Drive time back in a minute. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I have lots of issues with the way troopers handled this July 31st, 2 a.m. traffic stop of Ricky Cobb. But I'm not at all convinced that felony criminal charges is where this case should be, where justice is. We'll have a trial. We'll have a lot of evidence. And, And maybe I'll be convinced. But at this point. I think in this scenario, you you could say it was bad procedure, it was bad approach, it was crappy work, that there were other ways that this could have been prevented. Uh, but to me, if someone is pulling away with your partner and you both partially in, partially out of a vehicle... You should have the right to take action. 651-461-9226. Charging Officer Londegren is absurd. Cobb is driving off with the other officer hanging out of his car. The defense attorney is absolutely correct, says the texter, in stating that Moriarty is out of control. I don't know that... You have to make it personal about Mary Moriarty. I know that she is a controversial uh, Hennepin County attorney. Uh, A lot of the things she's done, I've been very supportive of. I think that we talk about criminal justice reform a lot and nothing really changes. And she has been taking action on the things she said she would take action on. In this case... 
I find it very difficult to accept that that not following the training exactly in this particular if that if in fact that's true, I don't know, but if that that's her case, is that enough to send you away for a sentence of up to I mean, up to seventy years? Like I, I why 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 a murder charge? There were three troopers. You definitely look in this and say, three troopers on the scene, man. Like, if if you can't contain someone, like that is a that is an issue. The charges for the officer are a travesty. Say one texter. I guess if the officer were dragged to death, the driver would be justified. Who would want to be an officer knowing this? I'm starting to wonder if I want to be a citizen of Minneapolis with all the crazy politics as a texter. Now, this is a fair this is a fair statement, too. This is why I say, like, I look at this and I I have issues with the way this was handled. But. Does that mean you should be charged with murder? Texter. I haven't watched the video recently, but if an officer enters the car knowing that you're dealing with someone who might flee without leaving yourself a way out, that's on the officer. The trooper killed a man for violating a protection order. So many cops are out of control. You can't treat every person like they are a murderer. I understand that sentiment, too. When you watch the video, you see Ricky Cobb saying, what, like, why am I being pulled over? What is happening? And he was, you know, it was two in the morning. Was he cooperative? No. Was he combative? Yes. Is that an invitation to open season? No. So officers are trained to deal with people who are not following their orders. So I know there's this sentiment out there. Like, well, if he had only just listened to the trooper, he wouldn't be. That is like 50-year-old thinking on how these interactions should be going down. So, like, it's time to move on from that. Like, oh, well, if he had only listened to the officer, he'd still be alive. And I say it's old, outdated, foolish thinking. Because the job of law enforcement is to deal with people who don't want to be dealt with, who don't want to be pulled over, who don't want to be arrested. You know that there's a real good chance that the person's going to be combative and belligerent and try to escape because they've done something wrong. That is the job. So you do not, just because someone isn't listening or someone... Uh, doesn't do things the way you want, you do not get to shoot. Now, there's no allegation that that's what happened here. The troopers in this case are saying, we're worried about our own life. We're being dragged. We were about to being dragged. And I think a lot of us look at that and say, just what this texter did, when you're being dragged, isn't that self-defense? What's interesting is if Dan Cook and I we're hanging out of that car and Ricky Cobb stepped on the gas. I think the law would pretty clearly give us the right to shoot because we have not been trained 
that shooting in that scenario uh, doesn't stop someone from still stepping on the gas. So that's why this is a really interesting legal case, because the case is not that they didn't fear for their lives. The case is not that, uh, you know, they didn't believe that they were engaged in self-defense. The case is that they were trained that what they're doing, what they did, they were trained that shooting doesn't work, that it doesn't work. And so if this trooper did shot after being trained, now, again, I would say for my preference that if that's the case, you should be fired you shouldn't be allowed to be a law enforcement agent again. And you probably are going to be sued by Ricky Cobb's family. And for me, that would be enough justice. But that is not where we are as a society. And uh, I disagree with it. I do. I think it's too much. And I think we need to find another way to define justice besides taking officers and sending them away for murder in a scenario like this. 332, we'll talk about this quite a bit more as we move forward uh, and cover this. And we'll talk about it at 530 as well. Joe Tamburino is going to join us, give us a legal perspective on this. So your comments are welcome. Keep them coming. And we'll share those as we continue here on Drive Time. In a minute, we want to take a look at New Hampshire. The primary is over. What? Do you do if your Minnesota congressman, Dean Phillips, with 20 percent, should he stay in? Does he have any sign of hope from this? Uh, and what's next for Nikki Haley? All of that with our guy, Chris Saliza, in just a minute on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.